This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And it puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. F*** my G'day folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the multiverse. That is the Footscray Football Club, the Tri-Tree Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. My name is Danny McGinlay, and with me, my co-host, a man who is possibly the busiest man on the planet, and it's only going to get busier, Tom Boyd. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I'm the busiest on the planet, but you I have be. just come straight from baby bunting, which is carnage at the best of times. Um, I went to the one in Hawthorne the other day with Anna, my fiance, and tried to work through like what am I going to pick what are we going to do and it was actually quite tame then I went to the one in Ringwood today <laughs> oh it was like they were sold out of t-shirts with Jaden written on it oh I, for some reason there was this you know mass um, you know rush in on buying baby car seats everyone just wanted them yeah really of all ages so are there we... was seven year olds let's work okay let's work out the timing here yes uh, what was nine months ago so we're, in, we're recording this uh, February. Uh, I really should know this. Um, yep. I think it's like June or July. So how no two two months? So seven, four. We're talking about April, May, around the time that lockdown started. No, isn't it? No, okay, no. my maths is bad. Um, we were in lockdown when 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 you when, finally when, lost when, your virginity. Congrats. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> No, it was in lockdown. It's either June or July. I can't remember. Someone um, will be... Look, look for the sake of... Let, let, don't think about it, everyone. Let's just say lockdown started and that's why there's a rush on baby stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting experience going through, like, picking the different things that you need. And oh, then, I thought you were going to say picking when, when conception happened. Oh, well, I, no, no, no. Because I'm well, born August 26 and... Uh, oh, I'm August that, 22, so... I we're, know. We're, no, there's a lot of babies around then because it's nine months after Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes Start sense. Start of the Christmas yeah, season. Yeah, you've got a bit of a break. Um, <laughs> no, I was actually going to say the different personalities you run into at the Baby Buntings is oh, yeah. fascinating. So we had, like, I, I went with my mum, who's obviously soon to be a first-time grandma. Oh, they're they're, and then, they're they're worse than first time. Mums. Uh, she was she was buzzing around like oh, yeah. a, a busy little bee, um, uh, talking to all the kids and you know trying to just be grandmotherly. Does she know, do you do you know your kid's name? Yes. Yes. Does she, does you no. does so no one knows except you and your partner. My um, mother in law knows because and I think oh, my so father in law so knows right, be- okay. because I think before Anna got um, pregnant she had already discussed names that she would have chosen. Ah. So they didn't know um, which one it was until obviously that we found out it was a girl. So okay, it took a little while. So thankfully, you approved of of Anna's names. Well, yeah, we, oh, me, Anna, and I had chosen. You'd yeah. already had that chat. 
Yeah, was that, was that drunken at a at a at a you know some resort in uh, Fiji or something? Nah, I think um, I'm trying to remember. I think or was it first date? I, I actually think that we'd sort of on and off chatted about it over the last couple of years, and we'd basically landed on a boy and a girl name that we really liked. That's good. And then, yeah, we we haven't changed. So I don't know. Everyone makes it really hard to name kids, and they're like, oh, it's really difficult. But for us, we would just I don't know. We just. Well, I got a boy and a girl, and I found we found naming the girl a lot harder because the uh, if you look at the big book of baby names, the boy sections that, and the girl sections. Yeah, we didn't do much of the. I actually found the looking at the baby names online completely, you know, not helpful. I found it really, really annoying. We looked at movie credits. Oh, yeah. So you're just seeing all these names come up. And you're That's just interesting. Imagine the, like, di- the differences based on the type of movie you've been watching. <laughs> There's a lot of um, uh, Marvel action movies yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. are animated in Korea. Oh, so, right. You yeah, know, yeah. Our, son, our, our daughter, Sun, is, uh, she's doing well. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, famously, my daughter was born 36 hours after the 2016 grand final. Oh. And we didn't choose her name until just after she was born uh, and my wife gave birth without drugs because she came so quickly. Yeah. And I just went, yeah, you can have your name. I've had a pretty good weekend. So, um, wanted to call her Rafael. Did you know, but, you know. Uh, uh, which uh, that she was going to be a girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, because ima- I can imagine like you were just sitting there like watching the game, going, "Oh, Tom's a pretty good." Name. <laughs> well, Libba and yourself, yeah, yeah, Tom would be winning. <laughs> you were just you know. in this like completely euphoric state, so <laughs> you didn't have any like sensibility about you. Um, I did come home from the grand final after party saying Johanna is a good name and JJ oh, won yeah. the Norm Smith. Well, Johanna's a, um, or Joanna, as we uh, pronounce it, is a surf spot down down past Cape Otway. There so, we go. That's um, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah very nice part of the world. Um, <laughs> so welcome to our footy podcast. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to our baby podcast. I actually want to say there was one other like amazing uh, personality that you see there. So you've got yeah. like obviously the parents who are pregnant and then have got a child already. Yeah. You've got like the new mums, which is Anna and new couples. There was this guy who turned up who's clearly a grandfather, um, like a 60-year-old grandfather, wife beater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like Hang on, top. he's wearing a wife beater. Wearing beater's. a wife beater. <laughs> Tat, tats, tats all down his arm. And he was walking through the place like it was a construction, like um, a full construction zone, just charging around, going, this here, that, this one, what? Have you got out the back? Good, I'm coming around with the truck now. So he's like a builder at Bunnings. It was, yeah, like at Bunnings. And, he, and he's working. Like this, this is a work day for him <laughs> at Bunnings. So, you know, he's doing a bit of an odd job on the weekend. So he's charging around. Mate, I was just, me and Anna would just watched him for like, you know, 45 seconds. It was it was a full comedy. I once, one of my favourite stories about parenting I ever saw was Michael J. Fox on David Letterman's show. Now, yep. Michael J. Fox has, I think, four kids. And he said, with the first kid, when it spat its dummy on the floor, you'd pick the dummy up, you'd Boil it, sanitize it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then wash it and put it back. Second one, you just run under the tap. Yeah, yeah. Third kid, you lick it, put it back in. Fourth one, the dog licks it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just I um I, I did speak to my friends the other day who just had their second, and I was like, oh, is it any different to the first? Other than obviously like the um husbands being super busy with their two year old. That's right. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, I'm just so less worried about like you know breaking it, you know, <laughs> if you were. Because they seem, and she's like, this time I'm like, I know what to do and how to do it, and it's fine. So I remember when my son was very like a week old, and it was always whoever put the kid down, you, know, yep. you touched it last. So yep. if anything bad happened, it was your fault, sort yep. of thing. And he was crying, crying, and then finally he went silent. Yeah, and I remember it was about. Two seconds later, I went, is he breathing? <laughs> Just there was no re- relaxation yeah, 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 at yeah. all. Uh, and, and, you know, as a, um, you know, a good segue into, as you said, the, the uh, 
Bulldogs football podcast that we're currently doing. Um, our uh, unborn uh, daughter is obviously a father-daughter selection, I found out. Really? Because you don't have to play a certain amount of games, you have to play one. Oh, really? Someone told me that. Yes. So, That's awesome news. Yeah. So we so, get little little Danny Boyd. <laughs> I assume it's got my name, although yeah. you, no, you named it after the podcast. Yeah. Hard to imagine that um, she's going to be short, given yeah. that Anna's oh, yeah. 5'11 and I'm 6'7. So oh, wow. Could happen. But this, she'd be unlucky. So, with, will this kid come out? You know, you didn't. So, when you were at Baby Bunting, you didn't bother with newborn clothes. You just you were buying like primary school age. Yeah. <laughs> so we we went we went uh, heavy on the elastic. So <laughs> anything that stretches is good. Um, well, you know, I'm I'm friends with uh, the, the guys who own the Comics Lounge in North Melbourne. Uh, their sister is married to Andrew Bogart. Right. And she's tiny. Okay. She is. She's, yeah, yeah, she's, she's not short. a big uh, person. So she, of course, had cesarean. Like it was yeah. no question at all. Yeah. But she brought the baby home in four-year-old clothes. That's wild. Yeah. We we had we actually had a friend um, who was quite similar. But so I came out at um, uh, eight pounds fourteen. I think yeah, is that good? I don't. I, I'm, so, I'm so campaigning that we use metric. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. But this was, you know, obviously 26 the old years days. ago. Well, I was 7'11". But, but I, I was three that. weeks early. Oh. So I would have been it's like a 10 or 11 pound baby. Oh, that does not sound good. No, no. Were sorry. you cesarean? No. Oh, big respect to Mama Boyd. I don't believe Mum had cesarean on any. Anyway, <laughs> now that we've gone through all of the baby talks. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. Well, <laughs> we haven't seen each other for a while. Sorry, everyone. This is a, a catch yeah. up as well. Yeah, we're, we're only eight minutes and 42 seconds in yeah. and uh, we haven't But that's touched. exciting. Father, daughter. So your kid right. is going to play for the dogs if she wants. If she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, any sport's good with me. I think sport's a great part of well, childhood no, for sure. I say absolutely she has to play footy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I highly suspect there will be, we will have a sporting child, but- who knows? Yeah, absolutely. You know, doesn't matter. We got pretty good diversity in um, in my family in that regard. Well, considering how ravaged the AFLW side is by COVID, yes, uh, people might not know that. This might be a, a breaking news for them. But the reason we're not playing well is we are. The COVID has hit the Whitnoble yep. very hard. Uh, your daughter might get a call up <laughs> if she's born early. Well, I'm still <laughs> Play the last round of the. Fun- funnily enough, not in terms of the daughter side of things, but my um. My younger sister, Tessa, who we obviously had on the podcast before, she's playing at the Saints um, in the VFLW. Yeah. She came home last night uh, to my parents' house for dinner and massive black eye. Oh. You know, huge sort of coming down, uh, coming down the side of her face. She was all over the shop. I think she's had a head knock. And um, I said, what happened? Did you do that in training? She goes, yeah, we played against the AFLW girls the other day and we, <laughs> I got absolutely polaxed. And was I said, she, was I said, she playing get, against? Uh, is it Georgia? The the I don't. I said, who did it? And she said, oh, I don't know. Did she say to Georgia, you know, hey, I, I'm vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I think Tessa claimed she was running back with the flight, which they all do. She's heroic. And so I said, well, what part of the of the body did you get a hip? Did you get a shoulder, an elbow? And she, I don't know. She goes, almost marked it though. And I said, well, how do you know that? You know, she's like, I can't. She's like, I can't remember much. I don't know which part of the body hit me and gave me the bruise, but she could remember that she almost marked it. So yeah, yeah. we need her back at the dogs. Yeah, that's what I was that thinking. What are, what's what's the mid season draft look like in the uh, the yeah. AFLW? Get so, her across. Can you give us an insight? How bad is the COVID situation at Whitnoval? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I I know that there's been. I'm sure there's plenty of players amongst the league, like in the men's and women's, who've obviously yeah. had it. it's been everywhere. You've had it. Um, oh, I, I, managed, I had it before it was cool. 
Yeah, I managed to dodge it thus far, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it, it's almost at the point of the season where you want your team to get it. Like, I would love it if you told me that the men's side yeah, have I mean, all got it. Yeah, I don't get think it out of the way. It, it, it's such a it's a fickle conversation, right? Because it's not desirable. But obviously, I think quietly speaking, most AFL clubs are thinking, hey, presuming all of our players come out the other side 100% fine. Yeah. Better to get it now in preseason. And, and probably better to have gotten it either like over the Christmas, New Year's period where they yeah. had time off or early in the preseason rather than as preseason games come up, oh. it sort of ruins their run into the season. You know what's going to be heartbreaking when you look at the injury list and you know, you've got you know, hamstring two weeks, long COVID, indefinite. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen to anyone. Obviously we're wishing everyone the best um, from that side of thing. But yeah, I mean – my my impression, and of course this is just anecdotal, is that it, the Western Suburbs in particular was one of the first to go. Like a lot of my friends who are out there, whether they're players or not, certainly had COVID um, quicker than what I could tell in the Eastern Suburbs. So um, hopefully it's uh, going to be as little disruption going forward as possible. Um, but, you know, like there, there's no protocol that they can put in place. So... For those of you who don't remember, previously what happened in the AFL is they split them into groups in terms of training, so there, there was less likelihood that large portions of the team would get COVID altogether. So is this yeah. what we did in 2020? 2020, and also it, they were in isolation exclusively last year, but there would have been some protocols about like no one in the club. A lot of that's not working anymore because it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. now that it's almost at that endemic, everyone's got it stage, it's much harder for them to manage. Um and that's why I think we see large swaths of players getting it all at once, like the Bulldogs um, W have gotten, which is yeah. why but, we see ourselves uh, 0-3 with a percentage of um, 55.3. We are recording this uh, uh, the day before we play the Tigers. Right. We had it timed uh, very well. We were supposed to record all of this on the Sunday after we played the Tigers and uh, we had a whole bunch of guests yeah. ready and then they moved the game and now yeah, it's just yeah. uh, you and me. But uh, I will edit in a report on the match here. Yep. We won. Kirsty Lamb, absolutely unstoppable. 27 touches. Monique Conti only got 23. <laughs> you can keep her, Tigers. Ellie Blackburn, amazing. Bailey Hunt, unstoppable. Eleanor Brown is just going to become... She's going to be a premiership captain. And how good was Celine, Moody's, Mark and Goal? We are on the up, dogs. Come on. Oh, what a great win or heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Um, I really, I've, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll just apologise in advance for booing Katie Brennan that much and uh, uh, thank you to the, to the police to, uh, for at least taking my son home. <laughs> if you're preempting something like that happening, then maybe potentially we can deal with this problem before it comes about. But yeah, it's been, a, um, it's been an interesting thing and I, I think, you know, um, the crazy thing looking at the AFLW ladder is the discrepancy between the fact that there's some teams who've played five games and some that have played yeah. three. Like, that's a, you know, two-game swing in a five-game season. That's a lot. Yeah. It, I mean, there's there's discrepancies in the in the league anyway. Like, you know, you've got your, your top four. Frio are, are amazing. Yeah. Melbourne are uh, star-studded. North Melbourne are fantastic. Uh, Collingwood, okay. Of course, you can, can never write off the Crows. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we're not, 
Bulldogs aren't at that level yet. We're, yeah. we're really on the cusp. I was there Tuesday night when we played Frio. We almost knocked them off. Mm. And considering our collective age was about 80, the average age was 15. We were, mm. It was an amazing effort. What did you just say? That made no sense. Yeah, no, I, so I, collective I up age was there. 80 yeah. and, and the, our age was 15. The joke I was trying to make is we were a very young side. <laughs> collective age of 80 was just confusing. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, look, this is our first episode, pre-season. Uh, this is like a JLT Cup episode. You've been working out the comedy kinks over the last little bit since returning to the, to the stage um yeah no i think it's um i think it's fascinating and I, I wonder what sort of indication this will be for obviously the male competition as well mm. um you know disruptions like this are going to well one they affecting the results for starters i think as bulldog supporters we're definitely big proponents of that they're yep. seeing as the the girls are obviously under the pump at the moment but it's also going to affect the integrity of the entire competition, which is not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, unavoidable, but yeah. not good. And it's also going to affect, um, you know, fans' engagement with the game. Oh, totally. Like, I'll good. admit, I've not been watching as much because I kept getting excited about, oh, sweet, the dogs are playing this way. Oh, no, 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 we're not. Yeah. And then you're sort of like, you're almost you don't want to get excited about going to a game and then they're moving it and yep. stuff. Like, yeah, Tuesday night against Freer was the first game I've actually got to go to. And I would yep. just actually want to say thank you to the AFLW for organising a game on a Tuesday night. Finally, a match that's handy for comedians. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, is Tuesday night no good for comedians? Or? No, it's great. Yeah. No, Fridays and Saturdays are annoying for oh, me because right, I've got right, gigs. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I also think from – and I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but I can guarantee that, you know, Gil and the, the upper brass of the AFL are sitting here watching the AFLW competition oh, and yeah. going – what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. Um, over the next twelve months, um, because you know they've got very big sponsorship arrangements. They've got lots of money on the line. They are just pushing Nicole Livingston, the CEO of AFLW, yeah. just going, "Yeah, you work it out. Come yeah. on, go on." Well, it'd be it'll be interesting. I, I would actually imagine, and I, again, I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine that Gill and stuff are probably more involved than they have been previously, at least in the understanding of what's going on. Because it's going to be the best litmus test that we have for Absolutely. what the next 12 months looks like. And, yeah. you know, talking about, I think the collective bargaining agreement is coming up soon as well. Again. For the men or the women or the both? Men. Or the, I think are the they women's on one union? No. 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 Right. Oh, they're on one union, but their CBAs have negotiated separately. Of course. So, okay. yeah, because they, um, they don't line up from a timeline point of view for starters. Right. So, anyway, I think it's a, um, it's a fascinating little bit and I, I really do wonder what they're going to do if you know let's say the star starter team of Melbourne what if hap- what happens if Clayton Oliver Max Gorn and Christian Petrack are all out in a week yeah. like or or the same at the Bulldogs um, you know and and think about it from a um, you know and this is another thing that happened last year when they did the teams or when they split the team up into groups they split them up with key position players in each group because if you lose your key position players Course. So they couldn't train them as you know big guys, small guys, because then if the big guys got it, you're gonna you know put out a collective um, you know average height of 188 <laughs> centimeters for the game, 185 <laughs> centimeters playing against you know the big uh, the big boys is going to be pretty pretty tough. Yeah. So I, I, so to to in conclusion of our AFLW wrap uh, is uh, hey Ellie's playing well, Bonnie's playing well, yep. everyone else has COVID. Yep. Uh, well, we are released. We're going we're, uh, to be chatting to Eleanor Brown uh, in an episode coming up. Yes, who we're trying team of the week. Team of the week. We're, Should, we're trying to uh, to lock down her and her busy schedule, and also, um, it's uh, for those of you who listen to the Berkey episode. I mean, the restrictions on what the girls can and can't oh. do in terms of training. Um, you know, 
development. Now they've got semi-protocols surrounding COVID. Obviously, they're all trying their utmost to stay healthy and on the, on the field. It's um it's a really tough world. And um, as we've always spoken about, one of the things we really wanted to do with this podcast is give those girls a bit more of a platform, a Absolutely. bit more, and, and to be honest, an insight into who they are because their stories are so much more um, unique than many of the males oh, um, totally, run man. into the AFL. Because, way more interesting as well because, you yeah. know, with all due respect to you blokes, you've played footy your whole lives. Yeah, you yeah. trained up, you got drafted, you started playing. Exactly you're, right. you're Shawshank's your favourite movie. Yeah. These... These are the women have to, you know, they've, they've jumped from sport to sport. They've got yep. to juggle a career. They're not getting paid as much. They're true yeah. passions. Yeah. I don't know what their favorite movie is. Yep. Yeah, no idea. What's their uh, opinion on Shawshank? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It, uh, do you reckon it's Orange is the New Black? <laughs> I don't know what their, I mean, everyone will be different, obviously, but it's um, like you think about when a premiership happens and uh, the stories that are the most interesting. Yes. So. Uh, the, you know, the the Liam Pickens story who's come out of a sort of done his career, father, son, gets picked up at 22, you know, is a tagger forever. And then so the, so the, the sort of unique pathway to being an AFL yeah. player is what we're interested about. Um, that's what the AFLW is filled with. Absolutely. Yeah. We should, we, we got to get more of the 2018 premiership team on to hear yeah. their stories. Obviously not Katie Brennan and Monique Conti because they're traders, but <laughs> so I'm just getting ready for the Tigers game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after the Tigers game, we'll, 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 you'll, you'll get over the hump of the fact that players move and, um, you know, try and better their lives. Speaking of trying nah. to get paid a bit more. That's nah. probably, Treacherous. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> so long story short, we, we're, we're ex- oh, if anything, you know, to put a, a positive spin on it, uh, it's sort of good that this horrible pandemic is happening right now when we've got a very young side. So, because if, if it, you know, you almost feel for the Frios, the Demons, uh, because it's all happening now, and it could cost them a premiership. Like their window's wide open. What is? I actually am not a. What, so is Frio over here at the moment? Yes. So they're yeah. whole. They're, okay. So obviously they're not travelling in and out of WA. No, no that's, they're um, staying that's here. tough sell at the moment. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And it'll be interesting if, if for the teams, as you said, the teams who haven't had any issues with it yet mm. yeah, have, yeah, it, yeah. have it in four weeks' time. You'd, you'd, you'd almost just be wrapping them in bubble wrap towards the finals. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure Living in a how dome. much, um, again, going back to the Berkey conversation, because they only have a very limited, um, you know, ability to, to impose on these girls' lives as they're trying to play um, because of the, you know, collective bargaining agreement and the union agreement, essentially. How much can you say to someone, hey, don't go to work for the next yeah. two weeks. Surely Melbourne have some rich benefactor fan that can donate a mansion that they could all live well, in that and would, he'll pay their wages. Well, that's you know. outside the salary cap then. Oh, yeah. There's that little kink well, in your uh, story. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Carlton are listening to this going, we're, we're on to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was it Carlton and North Melbourne were really big on it, weren't they, back in the day? Of the, the, what, the, the payments the, under the table? Yeah, I think that's well, what Well, Carlton got busted doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. John Elliott, that's right. I don't think North Melbourne could afford... Yeah, they were giving them paper bags, but inside there was their laundry. Uh, <laughs> I think North Melbourne actually used to have quite the uh, quite the contracts that they were offered, from what I've heard from the old stalwarts of the camp. Yeah, we got to. Someone's got to do like a Nuremberg trials of all that. There's a statute of limitations, so they can't be 
Yeah. You can't be well, if, you know, it's, if it's before 2000, move on. Exactly. Not, yeah. But I still want to hear the stories. Yeah. You actually, you, we sh- there should actually, it shouldn't be a statute of limitations. It should just be like, if they've been bad for long enough. We oh, can, yeah. You know, like, because it didn't work. <laughs> long to long term, it didn't have a positive impact on the club. So you're saying like Essendon with the drug saga. Because they've just been, been terrible ever since. since. And were terrible during. Because remember, it was it was 2011 or 2012, and they were like good for half the season yeah. and then lost well, like, all their games. Basically, what happened with Essendon that year, and I remember it vividly, because this was kind of in the period of time where I was watching the most footy preparing for the draft, yeah. was that they were the biggest, strongest, fittest guys on the planet, and then they all had soft tissue injuries. They had like 17 hamstring injuries in, in like three weeks. What, and what was the drug? Like, I've, I've just been reading uh, The Boys Club, uh, the expose about uh, Gillen and Demetrio and all that. And one of the things was pig's brain extract that they got injected with. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, they, I mean, they get a lot of the, um, you know, Hormone stuff, obviously, is they're, they're all they're all like barcodes, you know, AO five two six three two. Yeah, well, be, well, the one I remember was the beta thymosin, which was the one that they, I think, allegedly. I got anyway, whatever. Anyway, we're we just know. we're just <laughs> we're just two idiots talking about. But yeah. I think the beta thymosin for whatever it was was the one that Essendon ended up getting um, done for, right. And that's what they basically said. This is the one we know that you yeah. tested for. Whatever. We're Bulldogs fans, so we're not sports scientists. Anyway, the way all Essendon fans became. Yeah. Well, what I was actually more thinking was like, I mean, prior to the last few years, it was like, um, for instance, Melbourne had struggled for 15 years. It's like, well, clearly, what, if they were tampering or whatever, or um, tanking as they were accused of, um, well, it didn't work. So, <laughs> but now they're now they're good and organically have been really good. I so. think they should be punished, Melbourne, the men's side. Maybe take away the like last, last year premiership, quarter of a half, of yeah, their, whatever the last game they played. Yeah, I mean, I think that's only fair. Um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're looking at it, Gosh's paddock at the moment, just you know, seething in our um, in our contempt for uh, the the uh, results of last year. But hey, let's talk about something fun with yes. the, the men's. You've been on Instagram watch. You're a big Instagram guy. No, I'm like, not. more than me. I'm not hugely into Instagram. Well, I, I find I'm not massive on Instagram. I don't post very often um, or I really spend that much time on it. But what I will say is that um, it is fascinating watching how the clubs position all of their players and – you know, we're in the litany of, uh, or the moment where there's a, a litany of uh, players posting super tanned, super fit photos of usually them like hands on knees, looking out across the ground. You know, in preseason mode, right? Yeah. Because everyone's as fit and tanned as they're ever going to be. This right. is it. Well, up until February or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually remember in the. It was actually something I spoke about when I first got to the um, the Giants in 2013. So before Priest, or actually must have been just after, so 2014 January or whatever. I remember talking to one of the players at the time, and I was like, "Do you guys like or oh, just hate preseason games?" Because I used to hate them when I was playing at Eastern because it was like we never Eastern really Rangers. Eastern you went Rangers playing on Eastern Wood. Right? Yeah, when I was playing at Eastern Rangers, or when I was playing juniors, it was always like the best players that you don't really play. And then you kind of come in maybe for one dress rehearsal and then round one's really the first crack at it. Yeah. And um, you're kind of always going through like a trial process through the preseason games. And he was like, nah. Like, well, and also um, he, he was like, he basically said, nah, because you're all like you're super fit, you're super healthy, um, you look your best for the entire year. And also, you know, you need to get into the side. 
And I didn't really understand that concept because I just figured all the best players, like they didn't really try through preseason, which is not the case. Like think back to some of um, Bont's performances in preseason games over the last few years and he's just dominated. So So what you're saying is, in apologies to all the Eastern Rangers fans, you never tried in any of the preseason. I didn't play in most of them. Oh, really? Nah, they wouldn't let you play. Like they didn't, there was about six or seven of us who really just didn't play. Because you were too good or too risky of injury. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember what the thought process was behind it. Or you'd play like a half. I think they were, yeah, I think it was basically like... It's interesting. You you were sort of regressing back into your teenage days and you're giving one word answers. I don't know. Well, I've been been trying to write, I've been writing this book, Danny, so I've been regressing quite a bit trying to work out what happened all those years ago. Um, So yeah, anyway, it's, uh, but to go back to the Insta point, I think the most interesting thing for me is that they do these, um, let's say, promo videos of like, well, firstly, they do these photo dumps, mm-hmm. which they've yeah. obviously picked up from somewhere else and so whoever's doing Instagram now. Is well, just let's look at the Bulldogs Instagram right now. So there's there's Riley West yes. uh, running, but giving us a you know, sign of the devil. There's, uh, I see uh, our mate, the Doof, and uh, looks like Bailey Smith there. Yeah, they two two. You know, diametrically opposed physiques, uh, Zane Cordy and Bailey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> they they look to be uh, trying to find something on Google Maps. Yeah, I'll explain exactly what this is. But yeah, okay. so they, they basically, I think they're down in Warrnambool. They, they are. They're in Warrnambool. So you believe that. Back in the day, we used to go to these, you know, high altitude camps in Arizona. Yeah. Now which, we're going to Warrnambool. Well, it was the biggest waste of money ever, those altitude camps. Really? Yeah. Well, I that? think they worked out that it doesn't last. It only lasts like two weeks, so you don't get the benefits you want anyway. Oh, okay. That's why they stopped spending all the money on it. Except, is that? Yeah. But that's why we won the Ansett Cup in 2010. That's right. Or the Probably. Map Cup. Well, like, when did they go? They went to Colorado or something. Well, the, the time of big, uh, big, expensive preseason camps gone for the time being because the soft cap's been cut to right, smooth okay. ranks and COVID as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, and travel. Because um, I think uh, I think some clubs had gone up to Queensland or something, maybe. <laughs> I think Money so. Bags. Well, we, that's where we've been every year, right? We used to do Malulaba. But essentially what they're going through at the moment, they're in Warnable, and they're doing one of Bevo's absolute, you know, pet favourite things to do. What's that? Which is create this massive uh, orienteering challenge, fitness challenge thing. Really? So it's like a, a scavenger hunt? It's well, kind of orient- like, I think... I think orienteering is where you've got like a compass? You know, you've yeah. Like, go 20 steps east, is it? Sort of. So okay. essentially what it used to be, or what, but essentially the way it used to work is that Bevo would always go up, like he'd leave training a week or th- uh, three or four days before the camp would start. Yeah. And he'd go up over the weekend and he'd create this thing, right, this, this, <laughs> this challenge. Okay. And then he'd make up this, po- uh, I would poem, rhyming, clue-filled thing. And essentially what you're trying to do over the course of about a 20K run is right. find the letters that coincide to a word which aligns with culture. So I'm picturing like a Da Vinci Code style, sort of, yeah. but also a bit of Willy Wonka to see who's well, worthy. Well, let, let, let me give you an example of how right. these things can go wrong, right? So in one of the seasons we did, and, and also, by the way, this is including a driving challenge often. So you'd start at the hotel, you'd have a team bus, you'd drive up, and you'd have a coach with you to make sure that no one was speeding, obviously. Um <laughs> Do you do this individually or you No, like as in a team. So there'd be four, there'd be four, uh, probably four or five teams. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and it's a race. So, so, yeah, it's more like the Amazing Race is probably a better example. Okay, right. yeah, all right. So, who, 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 and who did you want to be on with? You who? didn't want to be with Matty Boyd, 
that? Because he ran too fast. Lockie oh, okay. Hunter, because he ran too fast. Um, so it sounds like actually you didn't want to be on a team with Tom Boyd. Yeah, you kind of want, no, you want, you want to be with me. Yeah. <laughs> why, why with you? Well, because, you know. You're not I, running I, fast. I, that's good, because then you don't, then it doesn't matter if you win. Like, <laughs> And now the premiership hangover is coming into place. <laughs> so, well, and also the team who, teams who ran the fastest, they always missed clues and ended up like, you know, having to backtrack anyway. Anyway, so one year in particular, we did one in, uh, in the sort of hills of Noosa in the National Park. Okay. And this is genuinely some of the hardest training you'll do. It takes about eight hours, seven hours. So they, you stagger it. So there's four teams that live an hour after each other sort of thing. So you don't run into each other and you don't want to catch each other basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what clues um, have you got? What have you written down? Well, also if you catch them, it's like you're an hour behind. I think it happened once. But anyway, so we go out to the – so you drive up. It's about a 45-minute drive. You go to this certain track and you're you know, navigating around a waterfall and doing all of this running. And then whilst you're doing it, you had to carry a rock – um, in your backpack like man it was crazy and then and then the coach would give you all these challenges so it'd be like all right stop you have to complete over the course of the 20k run you have to complete 400 push-ups ah. no these things are hard <laughs> so one year we had a certain team interpret what was probably this most simple of the clues as wrong which doesn't sound like a big deal except for that a left-hand turn meant an extra, like, eight Ks. Oh. <laughs> and a right-hand turn meant, like, four Ks. So, if you if you stayed on track, you had a four K run to the next point. They went and did this huge loop Ooh. and ended up coming back, having done, um, you know, a 25 K hike for the entire session or something, instead of the... the 16 to 18 or whatever it was supposed to be. Now, of course, it doesn't sound like they're footballers trying to get put through their paces, but, you know, the high-performance managers are sitting there freaking out because all of these blokes have got, you know, bad bad ankles or Achilles or calves or whatever, and they've done an extra eight Ks, and they're absolutely spent when they get back. So that was one that went wrong. The other one that How we hard had, are the clues? Like, do you do you remember a certain clue? I just want to I just want to challenge myself, see if I can. Uh, I can't. I couldn't it. remember the wording, but it'd be like, it'd be some cryptic, you know, rhyme that would land you on sort of like a survive, like in the TV show Survivor when they have those yeah, challenges. Yeah, it's very yeah. similar flavor. Is there any like pub trivia? You know, what's the capital of Iceland? No, no, never, never something like that. It'd be about, and it'd also be about the landscape that you're running through, right? So, like, like, so, so, um, say something would be like, like, so towards the end, it'd be like, um, so off, off you go again, not too long now, three and a half k's down the road, look for the tree on the bend or something like that. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually not a bad. I did pretty well there. You see, I made the end and bend rhyme. Oh yeah, yeah nice work. That's exactly what better. But so, and then you try and find a letter. Yeah, now, like a, a letter, like the letter K, or like, well, so a, like, like it'd a, be like a, a it'd be it'd be a sign for, um, let's say, uh, uh, I can only think of this because it's in Lawn, like Erskine Falls. Yeah, and it'd be like take the fourth letter of Erskine, E-R-S-K. and then you'd put the K in, and then put K where into the little box on oh, the ship. That's so what they're carrying form. in that thing. Right. Oh, that's the... So when we're looking at Bailey Smith and Zane Cordy, they've got... Carrying a little box. notepad thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they're working out. So then essentially what that would lead to at the end would be that you'd have to come back and do the, a mental challenge as well. So oh. the mental challenge would be, one, trying to get the word. Yeah. Because it's usually a 10 or, 10 or 11 letter word. 
you've just run 20Ks, you're drenched because it's usually up north in the heat um, or in Melbourne in the peak of summer. And then you've got to come back and work out what the word is, which is pretty hard when you got most of the letters wrong, which <laughs> which, which happened all the time. And, is, and, and let me let me predict here: is the is the word going to be something like accountability? And that's our word for the well, year. Like it was domestique, which is the um, we I think we've spoken oh, about that's it the prize you get for being best on ground. Oh, the best the team player. Yeah. So domestique is which the, you won in the prelim in the granny. Correct. That is correct. At least in Congrats. the granny. Did I get in the prelim? I don't know. I think I won in the granny. I know you won two out of the four. Okay. Once when I was uh, once when I was led into the private area at Whitnow. Yeah, I've got to find those things actually. We got these really nice plaques made up because they were not plaques. They're more like um, you know printouts on thick cardboard. They're, they're, they're bulldogs budget. Yeah. Plaques. Yeah, yeah. They're really nice. Anyway, I've got to find them. They're somewhere. Um, <laughs> And, and then, anyway, so then you get the words, say, domestique, and you'd sort of, we'd all knew what it was, but it'd be like, you have to come up with a, um, a, a video of what it means to you as a, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is same. the whole culture yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Now, Bebo was really good because he'd do it all in-house, like all of this stuff, instead of like bringing in leading teams or one yeah, of those, yeah, you know, yeah. um, consulting companies is coming in and yell at you for a, for a day, and then you're expected just to get better. Um, so that's what they're doing at the moment, which which I've I've found um, quite funny. Um, it actually sounds fun. It's fun. It is fun. It's Except super for hard. the twenty k's that you have to yeah. run. Like I would love to do a, a Muggles version of this. Yeah, and I the the other one that we had, which was probably just as hard. We did um, when the fires came through Y River um, in two thousand and nineteen. We're talking the big bushfires, or oh no, this nah, is nah seventeen. Okay. I guess. Uh, in in today's I, current I, planet climate, which bushfires do you mean? Buddy? Yeah, to, so the ones that hit the that came from the west, so okay. the ones that hit uh, sort of Backer Lawn, Y River got yep. basically wiped out. Um, I think they lost 130 homes between there and Separation Qu- uh, Creek. And now, if you go there, all of the houses look exactly the same because it's got all this fire cluttered material yeah, there. Right? Yep. It's all black. Anyway, so we were doing it in Lawn one year, and. Uh, the bushfires were on. Ooh. <laughs> so added a degree of difficulty there. Right. And we didn't have any cell reception. And we're running literally from Cumberland River, which is probably, uh, I would say, seven or eight clicks from Y River, where the fires were. <laughs> and we're trying to work out how close they are. We, you know, there was smoke everywhere. And we've started... And they're rapidly getting worse. It's 35 degrees, and the wind—if the, the wind's about to swing, basically—and so we're we've got 45 boys all out in the bush trying to find our way back to um, to lawn. Now, of course, it was all fine. It never actually got anywhere near us, but um, there was some panicking going on. Yeah, there. I reckon. <laughs> I remember that, and everyone just being like super worried about um, you know, oh, one thought- of the one of the teams taking the left hand turn like they did in Noosa. We thought the Crows going on that preseason camp where they played the Tigers song repeatedly was bad. Imagine if we'd lost players in a bushfire. Oh, can you imagine? In all honesty, I mean, it was never an issue. It was, you know. Uh, an absolute impossibility or at least a very, very, very slim chance that it was even going to be an issue. But um, anyway, they, they were, you know, because the club does so much planning around safety and health and in particular in these events, which yeah. are a bit more uh, difficult to monitor. Now, if you're doing it in Warnable, you're probably pretty safe. But um, when you're out stuck in the bush, um, it was, uh, yeah, there were some, <laughs> some sketchy faces when I was talking to them. Um, oh, you're talking the locals. 
No, no, when I was talking to the Bulldog staff at the time, they, oh, were, right. they were a bit concerned about whether they were going to run it or not. And then anyway, we ended up doing it. So um, everyone was Did fine. you ever get fears of like Wolf Creek type encounters? I haven't actually seen Wolf Creek, Danny. I'm okay. a bit uh, young for that. It's the story of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fictional story, but it's based on Ivan Milat and the yeah, Peter okay. Falconio murders and just yeah. scary Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. serial killers. No, we, um, yeah, well, no, we always had good fun doing... Um, Doing the orienteering stuff because I think you know it is really his team building. Um, I hated the running part. Like, yeah. I, I liked the clue bit. It was yeah. always good. Um, we should now, do one. We should. Uh, I don't know. Get a get a. If you if you could recreate one, we could get a whole bunch of Danny Boyd listeners and we try and crack it. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the uh, the premium Patreon service because that is that's a good idea. We are starting a Patreon very soon. And yep. uh, yeah, if you pay five thousand a month, you get to do an orientation. Yeah. Of course, and let's make the final uh, place like the the railway hotel in Yarraville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll start in uh, we'll start in the east and then migrate west. Yeah, yeah, we'll start at um you know Gosh's, just do some de- defacing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which it's already defaced at the moment. By the way, oh, it's being it's, rebuilt. Yeah, it's but being yeah. been stripped. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we we're going to go through the Instagram things, but you've just given us a great insight into yeah. Well, so but there is happens. one Instagram thing that I think is really worthwhile talking okay, about. Okay, which one are you talking about? Let's so say, listeners at home, pull up your Instagram, pull up your Instagram, and go and which down. Which photo are we looking at? I mean, no, we're looking for a video. We're looking for probably this one here. I'd okay, say. so this is a video of an intra club no, match. That's no, not that one. All right, it's uh, it's probably this one then. Uh, this is the Aaron, Aaron Norton show. <laughs> oh yeah. How so we, we wanted to talk about the Aaron Norton show because everyone it, was excited. This this kid, and I say kid with the endearing term that he's like three years younger than me. Is he? I thought, how, oh, I thought maybe he was a four, quick, four kid. years younger. No, now, how old are you these days? I'm 26. I think he's probably 22 this year or something. Yeah, okay. Like anyway, anyway, You're both kids. <laughs> he is a bona fide superstar. Yes. And has been since day one when he walked in the footy club. Right. Um. Now, the unfortunate part of any intra-club game <laughs> is that where there's winners, there's losers, mm. which is normally okay when you play a normal game of footy because the losers are the opposition. Yes. When it's an intra-club, it's your own team. So yes. in, in the same breath that you go, how good's Aaron? You kind of go, well, are our defenders any good? <laughs> because <laughs> Well, who is he on? Because Aaron kicked seven, I think, in this intra-club game what from what, what I was champion. told yep. and probably took 15 marks. Brilliant. Sadly, so, they were all on. Well, well, we'll get to who it was on because there was a couple of pack marks, which I think we can just, you know, diffuse the blame. Yep. Because that's he's just a hero. He's the yeah, astronaut. He's just, what he does. he's just a star. Yep. And he was wearing a white headband, which I thought was a fantastic look for him. Oh, really? Yeah, it looked really, really good. Um, so <laughs> he. You were a headband um, guy, weren't you? No, you, no. no. You, had a, you had an Alice band? Is that what it's called? Just to keep the hair on. Uh, I, I wore a I, during a, a difficult period of time in my life. I wore a a, um, a hair tie in a sort of hair tie mullet situation to yeah, keep okay. the fringe out of the face. During a difficult period, <laughs> it was after a difficult period of time in my life. Anyway, so um, is that watch- how we know how how things are going in your life? How your hair is? No, 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 no. no my hair's a bit long at the moment. Um, and so when I when I see Aaron, obviously dominating these intra-club games, so I'm, one, I get excited about how good he is, but I can't help but think about the poor, poor people that obviously he's taking lots of mark on. And, uh, and in this case, I think Josh, Mr. Josh Shackey was the one who got <laughs> hung out to dry. Yeah. So I think it's important to paint, obviously, how good Aaron is. Um, 
but the Bulldogs media could have just edited a couple out. Could you do that thing where you put, uh, you know, a wacky face on, yeah. uh, on someone? So we did. It's not just repeatedly. Yeah. Or do you just like cut the frame a little bit? So yeah. we're not sure who. Well, we're not sure who he took that one on because they didn't have to show seven <laughs> marks that he took. In probably what was only a half game. How how orchestrated do you think this is? Like, obviously, they they want to show how well Aaron Norton's doing to boost memberships and stuff. Is this also a way of uh, motivating Josh Shackey to, you know, how you're being publicly shamed here, or do you think they don't public the media is not that conniving? <laughs> I, I think the um, the media team at any footy club is probably more like, how do I create the most good. Um, energy about a player. I don't know if they think about the collateral. Oh, so, so but not, it's not like the, the defensive coach is going, yeah, mate, put that up. Yeah, well, um, so we do review posts inter-club games. They sort of start the cycle. I thought you were going to say we review posts on Instagram. Like no, 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 no. They, they, as, as players, they'll re- where they will review the, the, the games that they've played the, thus far. The first couple, they won't, but they will be having ongoing. <laughs> I'm just like, what are they going to say when they're like, Obviously, Josh, you can go and look at all of your edits on Instagram. <laughs> that you know, Aaron was marking the ball. Um, yeah, I felt bad for him. I thought it, you know they probably could have been a bit kinder to him, but you know, it's a uh, dog eat dog world. It pardon is pardon the pun. Um, so anyway, I think it's an exciting time of year. Aaron looks like he's up and firing. Um, Bailey's back on deck, which is good. Um, uh, I think there's been a few you know interesting um, positional. Maybe changes that yep. might be going that we might see come out in the next few weeks, which I cannot disclose. Oh, you you've you got insider info. I've always got insider into inf- info. Have you got insider Danny? info that you might share down the track? Uh when I'm a yeah, when it's when probably more public knowledge. Right. Um, but yeah, it, no, it, I think I think Bebo's looking at some. There's some interesting things in the pot, and I think uh, it'll be fascinating to see if we can find that five percent we needed at the end of last year by just you know. Swinging a few things around. And if, if nothing else, Bevo is fantastic at reinventing players. Yes. Um, and I'm hopeful that there's a couple who, um, you know, didn't play their best footy last year or we didn't have enough representation in that position that, you know, Bevo can find a solution for in-house. So what you're saying, Caleb Daniels in the ruck. Imagine. <laughs> Sean Grigg, but not <laughs> as tall as Sean Grigg. Well, we, and we've got some exciting draftees, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. You've yeah. done some homework on them. Yeah, I've done a little bit of homework. I think we'll try and speak to, obviously, the, um, the uh, trials and tribulations of the new draftees um, and the sort of overall experience they'd be going through, which will be different, I think, than any other year. So, yeah, yeah we'll get to that in the next episode, which will be, which will be great. And so. also coming up, we're going to be doing an episode just for, I'm sure, you listening, you are probably in a okay mindset after the grand final uh, in you know healing uh, but I know there's a lot of Bulldogs fans who are still hurting a lot and we're going to do an episode coming up just before the men's season about how how we really grieve and get through this together well yeah I think and even more so I mean I think if you haven't gotten over it you probably never will so <laughs> move on and just hope that we win this year. Well, and that's part of the grieving process. That's right. Um, but, so all that's coming but, up. But all the things that we need to look for from our, um, our, our, our boys recovering from that uh, grand final uh, debacle. So that's all coming up. Thanks for joining us here at Danny Boyd for our first episode for 2022. Uh, we will see you next time. Go dogs. Get in the car, I get on my way Riding on past where the doggies play
Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. Yeah.